Time to upload the song. Hey, wait a minute. What's this? Cease and desist from YouTube? Oh. Oh. Well, it was fun while it lasted. <sighs> hey. Do you think Speed Racer ever... Well, you think Speed Racer ever bumped into Dick Dastardly and Muttley? <laughs> I'd be surprised if Cartoon Network did not do an ad for that. They didn't. They did have one where uh, Speed Racer drove Scooby-Doo off the frickin' road. Oh, yeah. Dogs shouldn't drive. <laughs> Dogs should not drive cars. Oh. <laughs> there are too many cartoons, but they'll watch them. Hello once again everybody in podcast land, I'm James Irish. And I'm Pembroke W. Corgi. Welcome to the Pemmy and James kind of sort of hopefully funny podcast. Ah! Oh! Oh! Ah! No, we're not trying to sing Witch Doctor, we're doing an impression of the exaggerated reactions you would see in today's cartoon speed racer because exaggerate is what they do because exaggerating the actions is the actions that they exaggerate and exaggerating those actions is what makes us exciting oh in as many words yes <laughs> normally this would be where we cue the theme song but again uh, youtube has kind of made that difficult on uh Pemi, so uh rest in peace uh th- theme song uh, time extension yeah, I got lots of copyright claims and had to remove them in the YouTube version, so I just figured, save James some editing. <laughs> uh, stupid capitalist system. Uh, but let's get right into our subject. 1966's Mach Go 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 was the third manga from Tatsuo Yoshida, who would go on to create Gachaman, Kashan, Yatterman, and others before his untimely passing in 1977 at age 45. I'm almost that old. Yeah, shame that. I mean, think of what else you could have come up with. It's sad. Some people die young. Yeah. But as far as Mach Go 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 is concerned, he drew influences from a pair of Western films. Goldeneye, where he got the tricked-out cars... And Viva Las Vegas, where he took Elvis's racer look and combined them into protagonist Go Mifune. Tatsunaku Productions would adapt the manga into an anime, which debuted less than a year later on Fuji TV under the direction of Hiroshi Sasagawa. And around that time, syndication company Translux came sniffing around, at the time, they had already made cartoons based on Felix the Cat and also did their own version of, of the Greek myth Hercules. They would acquire the rights to translate and distribute the show in the United States and other English-speaking countries. Thus, protagonist Go Mifune became Speed Racer. What a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I, again, considering this, uh, his father is literally named Pops... I find the funniest thing that, like, we're not going to talk about the first episode, so I'm just going to make it up here. In the first episode, Pops doesn't want Speed Racer to race. Um, and 
bans him from racing. And I'm just kind of like, man, Pops, you literally named your kid Speed. He's either going to be a racer or he's going to get the drugs. That's kind of the 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 what you've given him in life. <laughs> Let him race. <laughs> yeah. Of course, there's backstory about that, but we'll get into that in a few moments. Speed Racer is great. Speed Racer is like a reverse example of kind of what often happens when I revisit cartoons. There's a lot of cartoons that I revisit and I liked them as a kid, but I don't like them as an adult or I like them for different reasons. Speed Racer is the opposite. When I was a kid, I hated Speed Racer because I just didn't get it, for lack of better words. Neither did I. But when I watched it again as an adult, I fucked freaking love this show now it's so insane it's just so much fun and so nuts it it is uh i was rather astounded at some of the things i saw in the first episode we'll be discussing but we've got a premise to uh explain to the audience who might not know well there are several differences between not just the japanese original and the american dub there's also differences between the anime and the source manga. But no matter what, the core concept remains the same. The protagonist is a young auto racing prodigy driving a state-of-the-art vehicle dubbed the Mahago in Japan and the Mach 5 in the States. Under the auspices of his father's Mifune Motors company, Racer Motors in the States, Speed or Go competed around the world in a variety of races, coming into conflict with a series of colorful antagonists, ranging from the car acrobat team to the mammoth car, but not the least of which was the masked racer, or Racer X here in the U.S. Now, I'd say spoiler alert, but uh, this is up there with Rosebud as his sled in terms of spoilers, so we'll just come out and say it. Racer X is... Speed's assumed dead brother Rex, or Kenichi in, J- in Japan. Well, he ran away. He didn't oh, exactly. ran away, right. I, yeah, I, his, I his missing brother. Up. Yeah, his long-lost, his long-lost brother, Rex Racer. Hmm. Now, this is our first foray into anime, and for a lot of kids, this might have been their first exposure to anime, unless they happened to catch Gigantor or Astro Boy when they ran a slightly earlier in the 60s. Uh, on American television. I think the first anime I ever watched was, though I didn't know it was anime at the time, was probably Voltron. Th- that would be the same for me. It's the first one that comes to my mind. Cause God, I loved Voltron when I was a kid. <laughs> though, uh, rewatching some episodes of that, I'm surprised some of the stuff that they kept in on that show. <laughs> yeah, there's even a couple things I'm surprised got kept in on this, on Speed Racer. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, when we discuss the second episode. But uh, Speed Racer is probably best known for its uh, rather odd dubbing style, for lack of better words. Mm. Which was a combination of the fact they didn't get like a full Japanese script for the episodes to translate. So they kind of partially... I think it just all they had was like synopsis and not like a translated script. So Oh... The script writer, who's also the voice of Speed, by the way, and Rex Racer. I forgot his name right now. but Peter Fernandez. Thank you. Uh, Peter Fernandez had to kind of just partially make it up as he went. It's like he took like the base, basic synopsis and just made it up. But 
one of the problems is since the mouse movements are so fast and erratic in this show, they end up having to like partially improv lines to where they kind of talk very quirky and odd and very fast and sometimes very redundantly. Yeah. <laughs> With such lines as stop or I'll stop you. Now this is our first time covering an anime production, which is it, it, uh, raising a couple interesting challenges. Uh, Normally, when we're talking about uh, stuff originally made in English, we only have to talk about one set of voice actors. But with this, I feel, at least for Speed Racer, this deserves some uh, look at the original Japanese performers as well as the American voices. So, starting in Japan, the Pompadour sporting Go Mifune is voiced by Katsujo Mori. This is actually his first major role. He would voice Ken the Eagle in Gotcha Man and remain active into the 2010s, including a turn as Pokemon's Professor Oak in 2013's Pocket Monsters The Origin. Oh, snap. That's right. The other major characters include Go's father, Daisuke Mifune, who is voiced by Teiji Omiya, known for many supporting roles in anime, and his younger brother, Kurio, who's voiced by actress Junko Hori, who would provide Japanese voices for Bart Simpson, Woody Woodpecker, and live-action character Marie Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond. Wow. Yeah. Talk about longevity. No kidding. They're also joined by Go's love interest, Michi Shimura, voiced by Michiko Nomura, who's the original voice of Maya the Bee in Japan. There's Ace Mechanic Sabu, K. Tomiyama, who is the dub voice of Ghostbusters character Louis Tully. Wow. Yeah, and Kurio's pet chimp chimpanzee, Sanpei, who I couldn't find anything interesting about that voice actor. Meanwhile, Racer X, is, or the masked racer in this case, is voiced by Kinya Aikawa, who would voice Kame Senin for the feature film Dragon Ball, The Path to Power, and would often dub Jack Lemmon's lines for Japanese releases of his movies. Interesting. Uh, also, interesting note, not to the voice actor, but just to the character of Racer X. Racer X was the inspiration for Proto Man in Make Man, or Blues, if you want his Japanese name. That makes all the sense in the world, now that I now that I look at the two characters in my head. And I think that's something Chrissy forgot to mention when we did our Mega Man 1-3 through episode of, of Gaming Street Irregulars. But you can listen to every Thursday. Cheap plug. <laughs> well, it, when it comes to Mega Man, it's that that's a reference that's kind of overshadowed by how a majority of Mega Man is referencing one completely other anime. Astro Boy, of course. Yep. So, when coming to America, the voice cast had some uh, interesting background. I mean, of course, Peter Fernandez, who we mentioned, was the MVP. He wrote and directed the English dialogue and would voice Speed Racer and Racer X, among others. But the some of the other performers had some very interesting pasts in voice acting. Like Jack Grimes, for instance, who would voice uh, the renamed Sparky and Chim Chim, who were Sebu and Senpai, respectively. He was the original radio, radio voice of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Wow. Yeah, to my surprise. And the voice of Trixie who, and uh, Spritel, respectively Michi and Kurio in J- Japanese. She has an ex- 
extensive voice acting history. I mean, you most recently exposed me to her work contemporaneous to Speed Racer in Johnny Cipher and Dimension Zero. Actually, I think for Peter Fernandez is also in that show. Pro- that makes some sense. The two of them work together a good bit. But uh, Corrine Orr's most famous roles are Tiger Lily in Disney's movie Peter Pan. And she'd be the Snuggles Bear in the advertising campaign for 15 years. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it's also obvious that it's her because in uh, Johnny Cipher and Dimension Zero, this show that only I seem to know exists. <laughs> Because the alien ROM sounds just like Spritle. Like, exactly. And there will be a Johnny Cypher episode in the future because, wow. That's a show. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's something we think people need to know more about because it is out there. Rounding out the core voice cast is Jack Curtis, mostly known for voices and dubs in movies that will be familiar to B-movie fans like uh, Prince of Space, sir. (laughs) <laughs> and Mothra over to Godzilla. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, thank you, Crankor. He would he would be the voice of Pops Racer. So at this point in my notes, I told myself to ask uh, you to vamp about how Speed Racer is apparently a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a big thing that's going on lately because he's he's obsessed about winning he's obsessed about racing and there's so many scenes where he's just like i've gotta win and like he's just like i don't know he just kind of he's really really obsessed with racing (laughs) i i think the sociopath thing is kind of majorly exaggerated by the internet as of late but there are definitely scenes where some of the dub or just some of the actions just seem really Kind of awkward, for lack of better words. Fair enough. So we'll get into the character's post-original anime legacy after we start talking about some of these cartoons. And we're going to start with the episode right smack dab in the middle of the production order, The Car Hater. I love this episode. (laughs) This is my favorite episode of Speed Racer. It's so just insane. Yeah. I mean, just the first line you get from it is Trixie driving the Mach 5 going, I like taking the wheel. <laughs> yeah, but before that, we get a, a description of the Mach 5's controls, which is actually a very useful bit of exposition for a first-timer or somebody coming back to it after years and years like me. Because each button on that steering wheel has a function. A are the repair jacks to lift up the car so Sparky can get at the underbelly. B are grip tires for hazardous terrain. C are rotary saws to deal with underbrush and the like. D is a deflector top for protection. E are the advanced headlights, which when animated, I have no idea how those things would work. (laughs) F is the underwater mode, complete with oxygen supply and periscope with television readout. And G is the homing robot for relaying messages wherever he needs them to go. Now, Pem, I gotta ask, does this exposition pop up in any other episodes? I think it, if I remember right, I think it does pop up in one other episode. I think they may have added it to the front of this episode because uh, editing some scenes of violence out of it may have uh, caused it to be a bit short. Okay. 
don't quote me on that one because I'm not 100% certain. Hmm. Fair enough. We we can always uh, double check that another time or even while while we're uh, discussing this. But the show proper opens with Trixie at the wheel, the Mach 5, uttering that uh, lovely little line Pemmy gave us. <laughs> oh, and she's a lead foot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, how fast was she going? <laughs> 160 miles an hour. God, how long was she doing that before Speed told her to stop? <laughs> Clearly she wasn't on the Autobahn. So, but, you know, they, they get it under control just in time for an out-of-control, apparently, car coming behind them filled with obnoxious, joyriding youths. Back to that, like, intro where it showed the, uh, the mock-up of the Mach 5. I was just wanted to say that... Uh, Personal opinion, I think the Mach 5 is still a cool-looking car. Oh, like, even today's it's timeless. It, it's such a good design because, I mean, it's like, I it's like whenever, you know, you see that car, you instantly know it's Speed Racer. People who haven't even seen Speed Racer know it's from Speed Racer when they see it. Yeah, it's like a Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah. Sorry, or, I didn't Or the General Lee. Oh, yeah. Also... Although, give it 20 more years, and the General Lee might not be as uh, recognizable for obvious reasons. Yeah. 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 Time marches on. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. These youths try to knock speed off the road and end up going out of control, and then they start to get into a fight until they realize, holy crud, this is Speed Racer that we're jacking around with. Yeah. Now, Q, in the middle of this fracas, speed using mode A to to use the jacks to get them out of out of the mess, and and a pointless fanfare over a still image of the Mach 5 in midair. Exciting! Amazing! Cost-cutting! Also, I think that's where they put the uh, title in the uh, original Japanese version. That would actually make a ton of sense. Yeah. I, I hadn't even thought of that. Thank you. <laughs> But, yes, and, uh, yeah, the jacks, like, I love the sound effect when he uses the jacks and they make the car jump. It has, a, like, that sound it does. And we should also mention that Spritel and Chim Chim are in the trunk, as usual, and nobody even mentions that their lives were in danger from, from this little stowaway gag. I think at this point they're just used to it. They're just like, mm. whatever. <laughs> And now here's the first thing that bugs me about this episode. These kids only recognize that it's the Mach 5 from the buttons on the steering wheel. <laughs> well, maybe they thought it was just an imposter car. Hmm. Maybe that's why they're upset. It's like, oh, this person's ripping off the Mach 5. We must knock him off the road. Uh, that, that, that could be in the Japanese version. I mean, we don't know. No. At least, at least I, you and I personally. No. I've had the... They've released the Japanese actually in America now where you can watch the Japanese version of it with subtitles. And I've just been kind of like, no, no, I don't know if I want that. I kind of like how it is. Especially for this episode. I, I don't think I want any other understanding other than my I'm going to throw myself into a psych ward after watching this episode reaction. <laughs> let's just say these kids are really dumb <laughs> yeah 
So over drinks, Speed is lecturing these kids about reckless driving, and now they've graduated from young punks to 1920s prohibition mobsters. <laughs> we got some mobsters there just like who gets this mobster for some reason just gets upset about Speed talking so much about racing and decides to try to get in a fight with him and his friends. Which Speed's like, I was talking to my friends and not to you, so why don't you leave us alone? Why don't you? Hmm. Speed restrains the one in yellow, uses him as a human shield against the throne chair. All this reminds me of pro wrestling, because that looks like a hammerlock he's got the mobster in. Yep. Well, that's the thing. Pop's racer was actually a wrestler before he became an a engineer. Oh, that makes sense then. Okay. And uh, seemingly he's taught Speed some uh, wrestling moves, and Speed supposedly is also knows karate or some sort of martial arts. Hmm. So these guys are dispatched with considerable ease. They run with their tails between their legs, proverbially. And the the one guy with the bowler striped bowler cap has his habit of his the colors on his cap keep flipping back and forth. <laughs> the animators can't keep that straight for some reason. Yeah, but that's not the worst animation error in this episode. <laughs> so the kids want more stories, but a frustrated Trixie leaves to find Spritel talking with one Janine Trotter. And Janine seems to know a lot about the car. She, she wants knows. to be a racer herself, but her father is the eponymous car hater. Trademark. <laughs> it's like, my father doesn't like cars. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but Trixie lets uh, Janine drive the Mach 5 only for her dad, Mr. Trotter, to come in on a horse and <laughs> with a whip and just starts proceeding to whip the Mach 5. <laughs> Because he's so upset that she was in a car, and he has to destroy it. And as they approach, he's knocked off his horse, off his high horse, I suppose, but he's, he certainly doesn't change his mood, because despite any chance of internal injuries he might have suffered from being thrown off a horse at high velocity onto pavement, he's more concerned with Janine having been driving a car. Wow. Yeah, and so upset that he when she tries to stop him because it's not her car, he like throws her to the knocks her to the ground and just continually. I just I'm not laughing at him throwing her to the ground. I'm just laughing at the just the concept of this man like whipping a freaking car with a horse whip. Only when Speed protests does this guy come to something resembling his senses, and Janine states he gets this way whenever he thinks of cars. Wow. To to which Speed tries to defend cars, saying cars are safe when driven with when driven cautiously, cars are perfectly safe. And again, Mr. Trotter gets a little nuts, grabs Speed by the collar, and is like, I have the best reason for hating cars. My son died in a car crash. So now we know his motive. Yeah. And uh, you know, at this point, all I can think of was South Park. Because you know how they had this penchant for creating comical straw man versions of anti-this or anti-that groups. Only this time, this is clearly be trying to be played for drama. Well, the sad thing is, there's a movie out right now that's also doing the same thing and playing it for drama. <laughs> that Cruella movie that came out with that, that's giving a sympathetic view of the origin of Cruella de Vil from 
Yeah, her mom was killed by Dalmatians. That's a literal plot point. Yeah, yeah, we're now supposed to be empathizing with a puppy murderer. I was like, really? Her mom was killed by a dog? Son of a just like, that's so stupid. <laughs> but, yeah. So, Speed, uh, once Mr. Charter's calmed down, he asks Speed if he's a student, and so tells Speed that he looks like his son, asks him if he's a student. Speed almost tells him he's a race car driver, but realizes that would be a bad idea, and instead is like, uh, I work for my father's company, which technically isn't entirely wrong. That is an also true fact, and also Speed apologizes with no lip movement. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. And then uh, Mr. Trotter orders Janine to go home and rides off into the distance without, you know... Offering her a ride on the frickin' horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes her walk home. Yeah. And for once, we don't get the, oh, ah, reactions as Speed and Janine stare off into the distance at uh, Mr. Trotter's eccentric behavior. But Trixie is uh, just gets into one of her huffs. I'm going Ooh. to assume that she's upset at Mr. Trotter because uh, that's, Janine has not even made anything resembling a move on Speed yet, and I don't want to be sexist and just assume she's jealous, even though I legitimately wonder if that was the original intention of the Japanese writers themselves. I, While that may be a possibility, I don't think that's the case. I think it really is just her responding to Mr. Trotter. Yeah, um, I, I, I hope and personally believe that to be the case. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt this time, even though... We know this is a uh, a generally kind of sexist cartoon from a very sexist country from a very sexist era. Ooh, and, triple whammy. Yeah, I I I hate to get all political here, but let's call it what it is, folks. Well, to their credit, uh, Trixie's attitude, which is more like you know, she's kind of takes charge. She tries to like she's more proactive in speed racer actually was pretty a pretty positive female view for japan at the time so fair enough because i mean she doesn't take any crap she tells people how she feels she doesn't you know she's very upfront and personal rather than being more domestic for lack of better words yeah but at the same time my principal memories before watching these episodes of trixie are her getting jealous over Speed Racer enjoying watching a flamenco dancer. Or, that does happen. Yeah. Or Speed just carrying her away on, on his back before he it, does it to Spritel, admittedly. <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing. It's like, for America at the time, that's pretty stereotypical. For Japan at the time, that actually is surprisingly progressive. And I don't know how to feel about that, really. But... Yeah. Cultural dissonance, ladies and gentlemen. But for the credit, at least give I'm at least going to give her credit that she was progressive for Japan at the time. Yeah. So, moving along, we next find Speed with Pops and Sparky checking the damage the car took. And Pops and Sparky are uh, trying to get Speed to be more careful. But I'm but I'm a good driver. <laughs> He's right. It's not you you need to worry about. It's the other drivers out there. Which is pretty much what Sparky says. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was trying to do a Sparky impression, but uh, yeah. it sounds too close to my actual voice. Which, which like, gets to a thing, because he, like, points out, it's like, well, how old are you, Sparky? And it's like, yeah, 
But I'm like, wait a second. Sparky's your mechanic. How old is Sparky? <laughs> Apparently not much older. It's like, you've got an underage kid working as a mechanic. I think there's some labor law problems mm. here. So Pops and, and Speed share a laugh at Sparky's immaturity. And then Pop snaps out of it and shows an accident report in the paper. And that very same paper is being read by Mr. Trotter at that very moment. Contrived coincidence! I love that segue, though. It's so great. It's like, Pop's like, I read about accidents in the paper every day. And then it's just Mr. Trotter's like, oh, it's the paper. There's more axe car accidents every day. <laughs> it's like almost the exact same line. Yeah. Not the and that is the first time, but not the last. We'll see that. However, there seems to be a there seems to be a race going on, and Janine finds out about it and decides to walk all the way over to the race to watch Speed Race, which I hope that wasn't very far. Yeah. Now at the track, Speed is in mid race, and he speaks his admiration of the new track during a pit stop when Janine arrives. It's like, I can't, it's like, won't your father be mad? I can't, I love racing. It's, uh, she just loves racing. She wants to experience it. She wants to see it. Sparky then wants Speed to switch the ignition back on, and Speed replies, Okle-dokle. What a dork. (laughs) I I think I prefer Felix's uh, righty-o to that. Yeah, at least radio age as well. <laughs> Okle-dokel. I have never heard that phrase uttered in anything other than Speed Racer. Yeah. I've heard okie-dokie, because, I mean, I'll use that. Yeah. So, Sparky spots Mr. Trotter trotting womp, womp, down the track and approaches Speed and company. He's yelling at Janine for being there, and Speed starts defending her, saying that he invited her, a fact we only learned just now. More proof of script improvisation. I, well, I think Speed just said that to defend her because she found out about the race by seeing it in the newspaper. True. And then we get the line that left me flat on my ass. <laughs> You're really a professional racer, liar! <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. Wow. <laughs> and the whip assault is about to resume... When Trotter notices the other races and plows through a bunch of the racing techs from the other pit crews. Causing, like, a massive buildup of wrecked cars all over the place with his horse. Yeah, this has to be described. I mean, it has to be seen to be believed. But, folks, there's no getting around. There's no 10 cent version of this sequence that I can give you. You you put a dime in this jukebox, you gotta get the whole song. On horseback, Trotter rides headlong into an array of professional race cars as we go to commercial break. And back from the break, the panic drivers swerve to and fro to avoid Trotter, with the animation making it look like a few cars bounce off his horse. Trotter's response to his potentially causing manslaughter there. That gets rid of some cars. Now, looking at all the violence and carnage he's caused, it does make me wonder, like, what was cut out? <laughs> oh, man. No kidding. Now, Janine's reaction is far more appropriate 
And Speed is just utterly shocked, as, well, any sane person would be. But, of course, a bunch of people come to confront Trotter, and his excuse was, It's not my fault the horse got in their way! Right off with music. Wow. I, I'm I, at this point. I'm at such a loss for words that <laughs> yeah, that I that if I hadn't collected my words, this would be a very crummy podcast. It, it's like, actually, sir, yes, it's entirely your fault, pretty much. And as Trotter escapes the scene of the massive crime he just committed, the mobsters from earlier decide to help him, and yep. Trotter hires them on the spot. Hires them to, yeah, because it's like, because they helped him, yeah, they helped him escape, and it's just like, I could use good people like you. <laughs> Come to my house, because they just know where his house is, seemingly. Now, the mobsters decide, then reveal to the camera that, and each other they're playing him for a sucker, making them, for a very brief moment, the smartest goons I've ever seen. I do have a question. If these goons just happen to know where he lives, wouldn't the people at the racetrack know where he lives? Can't aren't they? Should they be suing the fuck out of him? Another fair question. Should the police be going to his house? Yet another fair question. This is just raising more questions than there are answers, and it's only going to get wilder with the very next scene. Cars are just weapons on wheels. I hate them. Sorry. Yes. And, and to that end, Trotter creates a traffic jam just by standing in the middle of the road and he exhibits still more of his unique brand of delusional hubris, making his horse kick down a protesting driver and then galloping off on top of the car's roofs. That's an amazing horse. <laughs> Those are sturdy roofs. That too. <laughs> Also, props to that guy for, like, getting kicked by a horse and only whining a little bit. His freaking ribcage should be shattered. <laughs> or his pelvic bone, depending on where the horse hit him. Oh, let's hope it's not the pelvic. <laughs> yeah, that's not the kind of death by Snoo Snoo we want. <laughs> so, when next we see Trotter, he's meeting with those hoods from earlier, and they fight over their down payment, and at that moment, I take back what I said about them being smart. <laughs> they pretty much yeah they were going to play him for a fool but it seems more like Trotter's playing them yeah they get interrupted by a call from Janine who states she won't come home unless he changes his mind about cars well that sure doesn't work because no. instead he double downs on it yeah and the animation from the goons previous retreat is recycled as they vow to carry out Trotter's plans which those plans are to go around at various uh, car building facilities and sabotaging the cars before they get released to the public. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> sabotage. Sabotage. Thank you. Uh, I'll get that right. <laughs> sabotage. I, I, sabotage. I would, get it, I would get it wrong for getting it right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old William Shatner. And his yeah. ego. So Speed, Trixie, and Janine are trying to figure out how to sway her stubborn father, and Trixie offers her a place to stay with them until things change. Meanwhile, the goons start their, their sabotage, and it's mass hysteria from just one accident. 
yeah, freaking cars are going everywhere, crashing into a variety of buildings. No telling how many people got killed in those buildings. Yeah. And the goons vow it's just the beginning as we get a montage of them laughing at the misfortune of others from their handiwork. Now, we should mention, we see car crashes in cartoons all the time. I mean, you can't get through a Wacky Races episode without seeing half a dozen. But this is not a slapstick cartoon. No, these are far more somewhat realistically portrayed. To which end, there's so much mayhem. It's a wonder speed hasn't been outlawed from coming into various towns. (laughs) Well, speaking of which... (laughs) Speed and Janine aren't able to get into town because there's so many car wrecks, seemingly. Yes, an Irish accident cop tells them that they can't get in because of the tremendous amount of accidents. Cut to a bar, and a news show talking head is talking about the tremendous amount of accidents. <laughs> to which the guy owning the, the bartender tells Speed that he's got this theory that this is all sabotage, which, well, this bartender figured this out, and no cops did. Yeah. And at the same time, Mr. Trotter gives the goons a second payment to target Pops Racer's factory. And this is the first time I actually see the factory, and I'm like, that's his house. Yep. It's a small factory. I mean, he. That's the, the thing is, uh, in the start of the series, Pops quits his job at an uh, actual race. He used to work for an actual, as an engineer for a company, and he quits the company because they won't listen to him on his ideals for building a new engine. So he's just like, I'm going to build my engine myself. <laughs> so yeah. he's kind of a small, it's a small factory at this point. Small yeah. Factory. I imagine it grow. It would, we'd see it grow if the series continued past 52 episodes. Yeah. But nonetheless. So we see the, the, the goon trio comically attempt to get into racer motors and uh, Speed, Sparky, Spritel, and Chim spot them and go into action. And kick their asses. Yeah, two young boys easily dispatch three hardened criminals, and it's still not the least believable thing I've seen in this episode. Well, and Sparky just does the full, like, head-battering ram method, so (laughs) fortunately he didn't get a concussion. Yeah. Meanwhile, we get the most glaring animation error of the episode as Spritel is cheering Speed and Sparky from an upstairs railing, and he's animated alternately in front of and behind said rail. <laughs> Eventually, the goons will spill the beans at Speed about the whole plot at the with the very first ask. Because <laughs> they're smart. <laughs> yeah. Speed confronts Mr. Trotter, who, of course, denies... Deny, not only denies it, but then tells Speed to leave two times before grabbing him and telling him, asking him where Janine is. <laughs> Sparky re- actually replies that, sh- that uh, she and Trixie are in a brand new car on its way to the ominously named Craggy Peak Mountains. And the head goon says he disabled that car's brakes. <laughs> this causes Trotter to throw caution to the wind, bolts off to save his daughter, and Speed races off too. Speed and Trotter has a confrontation where Speed's like, let me drive you. You're not going to get to her on that horse. And he doesn't listen to her, to him. <laughs> starts whipping him again. Starts whipping at him again. And eventually he's like, 
I promise never to be in a car again, and, and drove off and speeds like, okay. <laughs> and while this is going on, Trixie and Janine discover the brakes are not just busted, but the steering is malfunctioning. And the, even the emergency brake isn't working. In fact, when they use the emergency brake, it somehow starts getting faster. What the heck did these monsters do to this car? Oh, boy. So, eventually, Speed catches up to the spun-out and crashed over-a-mountain-pass new car, and Janine is on the ground. Trotter swoops in to take her to a hospital, but the horse has finally had enough. That horse freaking dies on the freaking spot. Yeah. Speed and Trixie take her to a hospital, and a stone-faced Trotter's eye twinkles over dramatic music. Also, I want to point out that that horse disappears after the scene where he falls and drops Janine onto the ground. But after it dies, it kind of just disappears, because you see Trotter, but you don't see the horse anymore. I think a hungry, wily coyote got a hold of it. He was fast! <laughs> well, we've, we've seen wily coyote run. That's true. Yeah. But that super genius. Yeah. That twinkle in Trotter's eye, was that supposed to be an early version of a manly tear? Uh, maybe. Maybe. So we turn over to the hospital, and Trotter finally arrives, revealing he didn't come sooner because he'd been in jail. I was going to say that I love that confrontation where it's like, Papa, my daughter! It's like, what? Who says that? Who goes like that? And not only that, uh, this is my one per episode. That was a f- short jail sentence. No, no kidding. Like mass homicide. Because she's like, where have you been? He's like, I was, he was like, I was uh, paying for my crimes in jail. And they let me out on good behavior. I'm like, excuse me. That was like multiple manslaughter. <laughs> You are not going to get out that fast. You paid somebody or something. Yeah. I I can't even call this privilege of the rich. This had to have been an out-and-out bribe. Yeah. It's like... By the way, I, I do want to mention that when I showed my uh, kid Speed Racer, they, they loved it so much that, like, for a long time, that was, like, a joke would be me going... She, uh, they'd go, Papa, and I'd go, my daughter, or my kid. <laughs> oh. And the absurdity continues as Pops shoves a recovering auto accident victim out of the room. Yeah. And presents Mr. Trotter with a complimentary new car. Well, for all we ah. know, Jan- we, since they, uh, before we get to that, I just want to point out that we don't know how long Janine's been in the hospital, so for all we know, she may have been about to be released at this point. So uh, Fair. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, kill a bunch of people. <laughs> it's like, cause a bunch of accidents. Cause damage to the city. Get a free car from Pop Tracer. <laughs> oh, and kill a horse. Work yeah. a horse to death. Yeah. We'll get you a car from Racer Motors. <laughs> Apparently it's all water under the bridge because the group is out driving and we spot the goons who are doing community service. Did they not get charged too? Uh, Shouldn't they be in jail? More bribes. Or maybe Trotter actually 
when he committed himself to the cops, he took all of the deal. Like, it's like, no, no, it's all me. Uh, that's possible. Regardless, well, it seems pretty out of character. But anyways, maybe he paid them out. Maybe he paid their bail. I mean, they since they were working under him, I don't know if they're, they would get as quite as harsh jail sentence. Maybe? Perhaps. Anyways, regardless, I mean, he's out, so sure, why not? They're out, yeah. too. But he's paying them now to do good deeds and good services, which, good on him, I guess. And, yeah. And then, like, one of them helps an old lady across the street, and the other one says, who's next? And a dog jumps on his back and licks his ear, and he kind of lets out a response that I'm kind of uncomfortable with. Ooh. Because he's just like, it licks his ear and he's like, hmm. <laughs> it's just like, ah, uh, hmm. So summing this one up real quick, Trotter allows Janine to be a race driver, speed officer lessons, believe uh, goon. I, I want to just add one thing. Trixie is the one who offers speed to give her, quote, racing driver lessons. Hmm. Yeah, like, not driving the... lessons, racer driving lessons, yeah. or racing driving lessons. It's very true. Lead goon falls off his traffic control perch. Everybody laughs, and more thrills are promised by the announcer. And I need a drink. As Chim Chim falls out of the car and chases the car because they don't notice that he fell out. <sighs> Poor Chim Chim. What a first impression. <laughs> I told you this was a great episode. Yeah. I'm and sure you can understand why I picked this episode of all episodes. Yeah. So now, while I go uh, get that drink, we'll be right back after this commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. On the next Penny and James podcast, Bugs Money appeared in over 160 of the original theatrical Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies short subjects. The characters we're going to discuss, though, only ever appeared in one, but they're some of the most memorable of that series' catalog. From One Froggy Evening to The Three Little Bops, from Horton Hatches the Egg to the Dover Boys, it's Warner One-Offs in two weeks. Ugh, okay, I feel better now. Oh, you're getting ready for another episode of Speed Racer, then. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, this one is a little less bizarre, but it's also a very run-at-the-mouth episode. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the clip show episode of sorts, but I, I wanted to... I picked this one because of, well, the way it ended, as well as some just great lines. But also because this episode, or the end of this episode, actually got listed in TV Guide as in their, I think, top 50 most dramatic moments in television. And I believe it, at least for the time and considering the circumstances of the show's creation. Despite how this, kind of hilarious it is at the same time. Yeah, but this episode is The Trick Race. And we open with the car acrobatic team. As Speed tells us about the time that he, in the pre in a previous episode, the time he dealt with the car acrobatic team and barely defeated them with the help of Racer X. Yeah. Our opening is with them holding up torches on the Alps, all dramatic-like. Although it's probably just to keep them warm because they don't have coats on. <laughs> well, one of them's got a cape. Yeah. Yeah, that one would be Captain Terror. 
yep. who does not go named in this episode, but uh, and also thing. forgets how to open his mouth seemingly in this episode. Oh, no kidding. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> but they intend to challenge Speed to a race for the express purpose of destroying him. Cue the dramatic close-up of Captain Terror, and that, and like you said earlier, that's probably where the Japanese title went. And boy, you were right when you said this was a clip show, because we cut to footage of the Alpine race from the two-parter, The Most Dangerous Race, where Speed, Racer X, and the car acrobat team who I've abbreviated as CAT in my notes, and I have to stop thinking of them as Toonses, and other racers competed in this Alpine race. We see bits of speed dealing with the icy road, Racer X warning speed of the acrobatic team's treachery, and the acrobatic team's vow of revenge. Oh. And, and speed dreams of more footage from that episode, namely cars jumping chasms and other car acrobatic team actics. Like cars piled on top of cars that somehow shoot out forward from the cars without injuring the person under them. Yeah, completely defying the law of physics in the process. And I should mention that the design of uh, of Captain Terror is just positively gaunt compared to the standard character design seen in this show. I, I like how in this show he doesn't ever move his mouth he's just constantly like has his teeth gritted the entire time as he talks so speed wakes up clutching a letter apparently from the karakabat team and he drives off and he starts remembering more footage of karakabatic team stunts and antics more defying of physics and them trying to kill speed and trixie via vehicular homicide yep wow well, they actually i think they well yeah Good thing they ducked, I guess. <laughs> and back in real time, Racer X intercepts Speed to warn him not to take the challenge. Speed stubbornly insists he should accept this grudge match so as not to lose face, and zooms off. Because seemingly he's a sociopath, according to the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pop's Racer is bedridden with a bad cold and wishes his son Rex could be there. And we get a recounting of the Racer X origin story. Where Rex Racer accidentally wrecks a car, causing Pops to think he's too young for racing, and forbids him to race anymore, to which Rex stubbornly decides to run away from home so that he can still be a racer. And, you know, stubborn seems to run in this family a lot. Oh, no kidding. Now, cut to something that comes out of left field for me, because we have a mysterious man with only one foot, later identified as Mr. Supremo, limping into a secret meeting at a secret location. And I'm about to say secret a lot, because they say secret a lot. Why? I don't know. It's a secret. In fact, one of the lines is, this secret film was filmed secretly. Or, this secret agent goes by the not-so-secret name of Razor X. Yes. And then I uh, have to do a double take at the name of one of the members of this secret council of secrecy. He's dubbed a, as a Mr. Magneto. Magneto's fallen on hard times. No kidding. No longer welcoming the X-Men to die. Now he's just dealing with an aloof spy in a race car. Hey, you know, is this more embarrassing than when Reed Richards beat him with a wooden gun? He beat me with a wooden gun. 
I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> I, I will soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> that actually comes from the the Patty Freeling uh, Fantastic Four cartoon they did. There's an episode where <laughs> where uh, Reed Richards beats like Magneto by ha- making him have a mental breakdown because Reed pulls out a gun and Magneto's not able to have any effect on the gun. So somehow it convinces Magneto that he lost his powers and he has a full mental breakdown about it. Wow. To where Reed, after he's taken in by the cops, uh, reveals that it, it's like, I did not take your powers. See, my gun isn't real. It's made of wood. And to which, you know, Magneto still mental damaged from this experience. is just like, he beat me with a wooden gun. He beat me with a wooden gun. So, Mister Ma- our Mr. Magneto <laughs> says police are smashing their secret branch offices thanks to Racer X. Uh, more stock footage arrives, this time, I believe, from The Dangerous Witness. Yep. Where we see Racer X and Speed doing battle with the secret spies of secrecy uh, under Mr. Magneto's exposition. And we see uncensored bloodshed. Yep. Wow. Which, again, makes me wonder, what is censored from this show? Because seemingly things do get censored from this show. Now, our secretive secret keepers have their secret eyes on speed, as described over still more Alpine race footage, and dramatically ill-fitting music. (laughs) If I didn't already use my one clip per show, I'd be playing this music. (laughs) It's, it's, I don't even know how to describe that music. It's tranquil. Yeah, that that's a good way. That's, yeah, yeah. Now, the secret organization of secrecy knows Racer X is secret, and they figure they can just secretly focus on Racer X, leaving speed secretly unprotected and secretly easy pickings for the car acrobat team. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. I thought I left out a secret. And they put bombs in the cars of the uh the car acrobatic team naturally and And we'll get to that in just a second but first we have find a communication breakdown as both speed and the car acrobat team say they each got letters from the other challenging them to a race now it doesn't matter that they've been duped in there because bragging and boasting ensues and the race is on and as this race goes on, more members of the Car Acrobat team find disastrous ends. Yeah, one of the scenes from this episode is was like a big meme, which is the, the scene where he's like, where Speed's like, oh, oh, <laughs> where he's trying to keep on the edge. He's like, the Mach 5 is like right on the edge. He's like, oh, oh. And then that one guy's like, he's going off the edge. Oh, <laughs> right off the freaking edge. Jeez. Oh. I love this show. It's so nuts. (laughs) At the same time, Racer X is rushing in. And uh, if the narration is to believe, I would believe Racer X's last name is Speed's older brother. Hmm. We hear it so often said that way. Racer X, Speed's secret older brother. (laughs) Over the course of the entire series. It, It really wants to make sure you remember that. Yeah. Now, now our dear our dear Rex winds up in a trap set by Mister Magneto, and both Rex and the secret goons break out in a game of spy hunter. And 
They're members of Spy Incorporated, or Secret Spies Incorporated. <laughs> yep. And they they tell Rex that they set the time bombs in the car Akbat team's cars, hoping they'll surround Speed Racer, and that'll be the end of him. Can I just say, what a terrible plan! <laughs> yeah! And yet somehow, it's working to a charm. Because the next thing we see are four members of the car Akbat team, Apparently, the remaining members, if my math was correct, have Speed surrounded on the road while Racer X hurries up to catch up to Speed, while Mr. Magneto and the International Spies Incorporated goons are still tailing him. Who would name their freaking spy organization the National Spies Incorporated? (laughs) Well, chaos and control were already taken. It's the most generic name you could come up with. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it passed the copyright office, I guess. And now we discover Mr. Magneto is the most unlikely expert sniper I've ever seen. Because despite his advancing age, he can take Rex out in one shot from a moving vehicle to another moving vehicle. Golgo 13 has nothing on this guy. Yeah. And, oh, conveniently, Rec- Racer X winds up right in front of the Speed Racer Car Acrobat Team race. And still mostly alive. Yep, seemingly only damaging his shoulder, from what we can tell. Okay, he reveals the truth, and the rivals set aside their differences to save Racer X's life. And also uh, get back at Inter- International Spies Incorporated. The-, the Car Acrobat Team leader, Captain Terror wants to use the time bombs against the spies. So they drive all their cars up to the organization, really right, practically right before they're set to go off. And I should mention that any consistency as to the number of car acrobat team cars and drivers is thrown out the window at this point. (laughs) Yeah, there's like freaking 10 of them, I think. And the spies' last words are dismissing the ruckus all these races are causing as the wind before the big spy-shattering kaboom. That, that, that seems so great, too, because Mr. Supremo's like, did you hear that? And Magneto's like, it's just the wind. Oh, boom! <laughs> Holy crap. So at that point, the Racer Industries tre- team arrive in a chopper to pick speed up as he, Racer X, and the Karakabat team are about to leave on good terms. But... Speed has to confront Racer X and ask him, Are you my brother? Are you my brother Rex Racer? Punch. (laughs) The timing is so great. He just, he asks, and Racer X just straight up gut punches him and knocks him the F out. Yeah. And Rex abandons the Racer X identity, and devotes his life to just being a spy, dropping the mask at Speed's fallen body. Or at least that's what the dialogue makes us think. Now, Racer X does not appear in the two episodes that follow before the series ends. So. That's funny. I, I thought I thought reading the synopsis, he did appear in the last episode. Uh, let's see. I, I mean, wrong. the synopsis might be wrong. It is Wikipedia, after all, and anyone can edit it. Oh, wait. I misread it. Racer X is in this episode. Never mind. I was dumb. I misread Wikipedia because I haven't seen the greatest ever race in a long time. He wasn't in there. the first part. So. My Anyhow, bad. Speed cries a manly tear as he vows to make Rex proud. And we are promised more exciting adventures. 
as the show fades out. Phew! How do you feel about Speed Racer? Well, I feel like I've just taken a bunch of G's without warning. Now, there is a lot of weird history with Speed Racer after this. Uh, Oh, do tell. A company by the name of Speed Racer Enterprises pretty much was created by a fan of Speed Racer just to end up buying the American rights of Speed Racer and be in charge of releasing re-releasing it on TV channels like like uh, Cartoon Network. TV for a while, Cartoon Network syndication, um, and then made his own sequel series with uh, uh, I never remember the name of this company. The people that made the original Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Woof. Uh, anyways, made the uh, new Adventures of Speed Racer, which is something. Mm-hmm. Has a cool theme song, but it's a ooh, it's a it's a thing. Also, has a lot less to do about racing. Like the first episode sounds kind of like it's Speed Racer, and then next thing you know, they have episodes where Sparky and Speed are stuck in a town full of disguised, uh, full of robots disguised as humans, or mutants from a uh, from the future coming back to the past to ruin time. And yeah, it gets into like time travel, dimension hopping, mutants. It's sounds all over the place. It is all over the place. It's also not very good. And I think it's also, I think David Wise was in charge of it, just like he was uh, the the 80s Ninja Turtle cartoon, but not, which could explain all the mutants and weird shit because it seems to be David Wise's MO. (laughs) But it's not very Speed Racer ish, not just by. The plots, but also by the designs. The only one that I think really remotely looks like a passing resemblance is like Racer X and Speed, but everybody else just looks wow. <laughs> but it's a it's something. I'll say that Japan eventually made their own Speed Racer uh, reboot called uh, I think it's Speed Racer X, or that may have just been the English name for it, which Deke brought over to America and aired on Nickelodeon. But they ended up not airing the entire series because seemingly Deke and Speed Racer Enterprises had some conflicts. So then Speed Racer Enterprises eventually makes this web show about a future Speed Racer future. And then another Nickelodeon cartoon called Speed Racer The Next Generation that has to do with Speed's kids. Da, 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 da. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Where uh, uh, an older Spritel is actually played by Peter Fernandez. So, nice. Oh! <laughs> However, this gets into some trouble because eventually the Japanese studio that made Speed Racer... Tatsunoko. Tatsunoko, thank you. Finds out about this and realizes these sequels were not made with their authorization. And actually takes the rights back from through lawsuit, actually takes the rights back from Speed Racer Enterprises, saying that all these sequel series invalidated their contract, which seemingly it did. Hmm. So, no Speed Racer Enterprises, I don't think, exists anymore. Because, I mean, if they did, I don't know what the heck they're going to be shilling. And uh, now it's completely owned by Tatsunoko again, both American and Japanese uh, licensing iterations. 
And it's because and the last thing I know is I know ADV when they still existed uh, released it a big box set of Speed Racer, both Japanese and English. I have the English version, and uh, they got which was licensed by Tatsunoko. So, also interesting note, like why Speed Racer was popular in Japan, seemingly it's considered more popular in America than it is in Japan. Hmm. Well, that would explain why we saw this long legacy of manga translations, new comics from the likes of DC, now comics and IDW video games, sequel series that you've already alluded to commercial appearances for both Geico and I think Volkswagen yep. and parodies, including one TV Funhouse episode from Saturday night live centered around George Clooney. <laughs> or two of my favorite uh, cartoon network commercials had speed racer in it. Yeah, or not commercials, but bumpers. Yeah, when you talked about the Scooby-Doo one where like it's like just showing the mystery machine, it's like mystery machine, detailed car, a detailed paint job, a smooth ride, a great car for anyone. And for some reason, Scooby's driving with the rest of the gang in the car. And then all of a sudden, Speed comes in and like slams into the freaking mystery machine. And you see it do the flip from the opening. That, that car that flips over and explodes makes right. it into the mystery machine. And Speed's like, oh! And then you see, like, the mystery machine wrecked and, like, the cat, the Scooby cash just kind of sprawled all over the place. Obviously, okay, but, you know, shaken. Yeah. And Speed's just, dogs should not drive cars. <laughs> and I believe the other time we see them was when the unlikely trio of Fred Flintstone, Thunder the Barbarian, and Chicken of Cow and Chicken fame are trying to find a parking spot. I love that one so much. And seemingly Scooby and Speed Racer must have ironed out their differences because seemingly Scooby's driving with Speed, is in the car with Speed Racer on that. Isn't Jane Jetson with them also? Jane Jetson actually is separate. She's on her own because that's what happens was they finally see a parking spot. Well, before they get to that, I have to say Thundar's line because they're like, spot reserved for Papa Smurf. Brave Papa Smurf. Tainted by his own power. <laughs> Corrupted by his own power. Can no hero go untainted? Oh, However, wow. they see that single parking spot, but notice that Speed Racer and Scooby are also like, see it. So they race to get to it, only for Speed to get in there, and Jane Jetson lands right on top of him. Because she's oh. also after that spot. Mm. So Speed and... <laughs> Which fortunately lands on the hood and not, you know, on them. Yeah. Um, to which you see Speed and uh, Judy like yelling about it as Fred and everyone, Thread, Thundar, and Chicken laughs. Yeah, clearly, only to be shown later that they still can't find a parking spot. Yeah, clearly Speed did not hit button D fast enough. <laughs> that that commercial's so funny. Also. I forgot to mention that Space Ghost had a scene in that where he offers them his space only to realize that he didn't drive there today. He flew there. So Right. Oh, oh so I, I think it's safe to say that uh, over 50 years later, we have a very different appreciation for Speed Racer than we would have if we were kids growing up in the 60s. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's 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 so it's it's so campy. It's so insane, but it's also really great because I mean, even though it is silly, the action scenes and despite how choppy the animation is, the racing scenes still do feel like they got a lot of action to them. So it's still 
pretty action-packed. And what action there is, is often just bonkers. Again, I'm still... (laughs) I still wonder what the heck was edited out on some of these episodes, because holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. I think that just about covers it, unless you thought of anything else. Uh, Other than the fact that there's some video games made on Speed Racer. Oh, and that Dexter's Laboratory parody. Oh, right. The Mark 5. Or the episode's title is Mach 5, M-O-C-K 5. Yes. That's that's my favorite episode of Dexter's Laboratory because it's so uh, it's such a hilarious and on target parody for the whole episode. Yeah, complete with like the characters talking redundantly, doing the like zoom ups as they talk, or lip movement not quite matching what they're saying. <laughs> complete nonsense. Yeah. Normally, this is when I say we need to restock the breakfast cereal, but after this, I need a nap. <laughs> well then in that case I'll restock the breakfast cereal okay. I'll let you take a nap yeah. <laughs> I'm James Irish and I'm Pibrick W. Corgi we'll see you next time thanks for tuning in folks see ya the Penny and James to the sort of hopefully funny cartoon podcast the preceding podcast is a co-production of the Mighty Monkey Corporation and Artificial Orange Studios the theme song is written, composed, and performed by Shawn Michael Smith.